Welcome to Split, the After Ever After podcast. We're here along with other experts and real people with real stories to help you navigate life after separation. Whether you're newly separated or divorced and co-parenting, listen now for tips and advice on how to build a foundation for a more peaceful future. Hello and welcome back. In this episode, we speak with Lynette Trier, who is, among many other things, the author of Learning to Leave and Being Left, which I cannot praise enough. I loved every bit of this book. Um, She wrote this book to help men and women navigate the difficult terrain of divorce while avoiding all the potential pitfalls of a breakup. And her goal is basically to educate people about the divorce process by providing all the information, resources, and directing them to relevant professionals. I think I say this on the show, but this book is basically everything that I have been trained to do as a coach in in a book. Um, So if you're not a big reader, but you're looking for something to read to help you get through this process, please let it be this book. I'm going to put links to it in the show notes and links to um, everywhere you can connect with Lynette or watch any of her videos, which are also um, fantastic. So a little bit more about her on top of being an author. She is also a lecturer, workshop leader, and a coach. And She talks a little bit about her own experience on the show. After 19 years and four children, she left her own marriage and says, you know, I made every mistake possible trying to get through the divorce process. So that's why she decided to write this book for women to help them avoid the exact um, pitfalls that she encountered herself. Lynette has done two extensive book tours for Learning to Leave, appearing on hundreds of television and radio shows, including three appearances on Oprah, CNN, Good Morning America, many, many, many more. I could go on and on and on about how much I love and respect Lynette. I'm so grateful, and I know Jennifer feels the same way as well, to have connected with her and um, to be able to share all of her wisdom with anybody who's listening to this right now. So again, I'll put all links to her in the show notes and hope you enjoy. Well, welcome, Lynette. Uh, Jennifer and I are so happy uh, to have you here on the show. And I really enjoyed reading your book. I think it is um, just value packed for anyone who has already set their mind on divorce or is just still trying to figure it all out. Should I stay or should I go? What does that, what would that look like? Um, So yeah, thank you for being here. Oh, you're welcome. May I show my book? Absolutely. Yes, please. Okay, here it is. That must be backwards, right? You've got it here too. I didn't know, yeah, Yeah. if it would show backwards or not. Right, no, it's not backwards by you. And oh, it's okay. All right. Yeah. It is amazing how much you've packed into this book. I think that sometimes um, when I do research, I like to do lots of research for your articles. I get frustrated actually, because sometimes books on these types of topics can be sort of like fluffy, like for mm-hmm. lack of a better term, they don't really have a lot of really practical, good information also backed up with research. And I just was struck by struck by how packed it is with so much information. Wow. 
Thank you. Well, when I, I wrote it because I went through a breakup after 19 years of marriage and we had four children and the oldest was 17 and the youngest was seven, all boys. Uh, so I made every mistake just about that you could possibly make when you go through a breakup. And I didn't know anyone that was getting divorced. Um, certainly, I didn't know any women. Um, I've heard of people, but I had no idea. So I just thought, well, my husband just will probably not want this to happen. Um, and yet, I know that he cares for me and he loves our children. So he'll come around and we'll get along and we'll be okay. And I know his heart was in the right place, but his emotions took over when I said I wanted to end our marriage. And it was a very, very difficult time for all of us. So, and I wasn't prepared. You know, I had been uh, an at-home mom who worked sometimes for his business, but very part-time. Uh, so I was, you know, needing to look for a job and figure out how our kids were going to manage all this. And um, what it just, you name it, I had to deal with that. So I wanted other women, and I knew about women because I knew about myself, to not have to have that experience. I didn't want their children or their husbands to have it either. Yeah, I noticed that you have specifically had it as a, you've titled it as a woman's guide. So what yes. do you see as being some of the key differences that you wanted to choose to direct it just to women mainly? Well, in I'm going to say something in general, but actually, for the most part, the women I interviewed before I wrote my book, and I also had a lot of questionnaires that I sent out to friends of friends, and I also actually interviewed people in a parking lot of a grocery store with a portable tape and a mic um, to answer wow. certain questions. And what I found was that um, women took a little longer or a lot longer to make their decision, especially if they had children. And certainly if they hadn't worked out, you know, didn't have a, a job that earned them money or a career. That is less the case nowadays, but um, just because the woman may have a career, she often will not be earning enough money to support herself and her children. And so she's going to have to think about that and how can I work this out? I also think that women, most women wear their emotions more on the surface. Well, no, they don't wear them on the surface. They're accessible to us as women. And when I interviewed men about um, leaving and being left, I, I remember asking one man who was also a marriage and family therapist. I said, how would you want if your wife was going to leave you, how, how would you like to be told that she's leaving you? And he said, what do you mean? How do I want to be told? I want her to say, I'm leaving you and then leave. And so the, the, um, you know, I, I think that when a woman has children, she's very concerned about how they're going to do. And maybe it has something to do with, you know, carrying them in our bodies, but women who have adopted children feel the same way. They're, they're worried and they're not sure the kids will be okay. Um, there are a number of 
uh, good resources for that that you can get ahead of time. And you both certainly offer a wonderful service for that. Um, so I think in general, women ponder things more and men make a decision more quickly and they act on it. Do you find like I I tend to see in my practice, of course, of course, anecdotally that I totally agree. Women often when they come to me, they if they are the ones who initiated it, they've been thinking about it for years. Yes. Um, but I find that when they make the decision, there's no turning back. There's they there's no negotiating by that point. They are done. <laughs> They're That's more correct. firm. I had a uh, a man who is actually close to a it's sort of a, a extended family member. When I was writing the book, um, he had been divorced three times, I believe. And uh, I I can't tell you you know who left who or anything, but he said, when a woman decides that she's finished with her relationship, there's no going back. And I do, I think some women might say, okay, um, we'll try and work it out, but their heart isn't in it. Their commitment isn't there. Um, because I think women will tend to ask ahead of time before they decide to leave, well, let's go to counseling. Let's um, make some changes here. Let's see what we can do about our relationship. Um, and they'll ask for changes. and. So they, they've, many of them have already done everything they could to see if they could get things to change. Um, however, if you have any, if you're someone, man or woman, who's thinking of leaving, it's really important to explore every possible nook and cranny in your thinking if you're not, if you haven't done that, if you haven't gone to couples counseling, if you haven't talked this over, if you haven't written down your thoughts and feelings in a journal, um, if you haven't gone to therapy yourself, it's really important to check it out. Because once you begin those wheels turning, it's really hard to gain trust and commitment back into a relationship if you're already split up. Something Jennifer and I have spoken at great length about is just communication and how important it is especially during this time when you're trying to make decisions to be make sure that your message is being received the way that you intend it to because yes. like I hear a lot of people say you know I've said how unhappy I am mm -hmm. um, I've said what my needs are and then I I ask them to repeat back to me what they've been saying and I say it's possible that this is being misinterpreted Yes. You know, are you really dedicating the, the time and effort to ensure that this communication is effective, is effective? Yes. And that, um, if we're thinking of ending our marriage, that's on us. Um, because so often one person thinks they want to leave. And again, for women, sometimes they think of that as much as half of their marriage. And uh, Jennifer, you said something to that effect. It, it's not like they think about it every day, but they think about it and uh, they get, if if nothing changes and they're not communicating, Ashley, then they get disheartened and they get closer to leaving. And you really want to intervene in your marriage sooner than that. 
And so if your partner won't go to therapy with you, go yourself. And um, if you're having trouble communicating, um, practice that with your therapist or practice that with someone like you, Ashley or, or Jennifer. Um, it's so much better to be clear and say, I really need some things to change and be different in order to continue in this marriage or in order for us to continue to be close and, and, and have a, um, an intimate relationship. Um, it's so much better to say that way ahead of time than um, do what you said, Ashley, kind of give a vague hint um, and then say, well, I thought I told you, you know, and so we have to take responsibility for our relationship and how it is. And you now if you hit your head up against the wall for several years in a row and it's not going anywhere, then you've got to make a decision. Yeah. I think I see too with my clients that, you know, when you get into the nitty gritty of the separation and, you know, possibly you're, you're selling the family home, the kids are having to move, like everyone's lives are really being turned upside down. Yeah. It becomes important to know that you tried all you could. Yes. Because yeah. I do see regret sometimes from people. Yes. And I think, right, it's important to, to know, you know what, I did try and I went to counseling and I talked to the person and it wasn't changing. Like this is the inevitability. So yeah. I think that's another reason why it's really important. It is a great point. And that's a great point. I think that um, you yourself will want to be able to look back with a clear conscience and say, I really gave it my best. And I will tell you, we're, we're talking a lot about a per, the person leaving and a woman leaving specifically. The person who's being left has a lot of regrets. Um, first of all, when that person, and in this case, a woman leaving her husband um, or partner, when she makes that declaration, um, she's been thinking about this a long time and she's taken a very slow path to get to that big decision. Um, often your partner does not really accept that this is going to be happening. They don't think about it in those terms. They just know things haven't been going well between you. So when that person hears you say, I'm I want a divorce or I want to break up. I, I want to leave and I will be leaving. They go through so many strong emotions all at once. Um, mm -hmm. It's a roller coaster every other minute for them. So one of the things that they deal with going back to regrets is I wish I would have listened. I wish I would have paid more attention. Um, what, you know, and, and so they beat themselves up about that as well, besides going through all the emotions of grief and loss, where the person thinking of leaving, and especially a woman, will begin that letting go process much before she makes that declaration. And that's what I'm writing my second book on. It's the differences between leaving and being left, period. It doesn't matter for men or for women. Okay, for both, yep. Another important point that you make is um, the difference in the amount of time women in particular will take to come to this decision versus preparing to declare this decision yeah. and how important it is, how 
essential it is to make the time to prepare to leave and how it can be really difficult and icky feeling um, to make these plans sort of behind your partner's back. So yeah. can you talk a little bit about that and what your advice would be? Well, yes. Um, <clears throat> my, my advice comes from experience after the fact. You know, I didn't do that. I did not know what the divorce laws were in the state in which I live in the United States. I knew nothing about family law or family court um, or mediation. Um, and I granted it was a while ago and people are better informed, but um, I, like I said, I didn't have a, a, a job at the time or a career. I was home with the kids and working some of the time for my husband. But I remember thinking um, to myself, even emotionally, that I had pulled away from my husband and the father of our kids. Um, I felt guilty about that. Um, I felt guilty that I couldn't love him the way he needed to be loved. And that was about, that was the really the core of my guilt. And what about the kids? Although I did trust that he loved them and he wouldn't do anything that wasn't in their best interest. But when he was emotionally distraught, um, he wasn't thinking clearly with the kids for a while. Right. So did that answer your question about the guilt? Oh, all right. If you don't do these things ahead of time, if you don't have some money put away, if you don't have a job, um, if you don't know how you're going to live, because um, lots of times you think, well, I'll stay in the house with the kids and get a part-time job or a full-time job and my husband will move out. Um, that doesn't always happen. Lots of times you have to sell the house. Two people living separately cannot live as cheaply as two people living together. And um, then you have attorney's fees and uh, childcare. So if you don't prepare, it's not going to go well. And you also need to prepare if you're going to do the leaving for the person you're leaving not being in a very good place for at least a year. And initially in the first weeks or months, if you're trying to negotiate a divorce settlement or you're trying to talk about co-parenting, they may not be ready to do that. Most people are not. Um, they may be trying to talk you out of what you're doing. Uh, they don't want to hear about it or they get very, and this is not just men. People get so filled with pain and hurt at being left that they become sometimes very vengeful and want retribution. Uh, so initially it's going to be hard. You want to be sure you can, you may not be able to negotiate getting help financially. So you want to be sure you take care of those things ahead of time. Now, can I say one thing here? I was, I, yes. I've given many, many lectures on this subject um, to, you know, at college uh, adult education classes and workshops I've set up myself and on TV and on the radio. Um, sometimes when I would tell people the reality of a breakup, if I had time to do that, if the lecture was at least a half of a day, 
or they would ask me questions like you're asking me. Um, sometimes people will come up to me afterwards and say, you know, there's a lot involved in going through a divorce. I'm going to go back and see if I can work on our marriage and the two of us can work on our marriage. And I'm going, yay, if, you know, um, because it's, if your relationship is abusive, um, physically, certainly, or psychologically, emotionally, you don't want to continue doing that to yourself. But if you're just not happy and you'd like some things to change, having that change happen may take a few years. Um, it, some happen right away, some take longer. So why not invest that time, especially if you have kids, uh, rather than go through the complications cup. And as a mediator, you must know how hard it is to deal with mediating a breakup when one of those people do not want the breakup. So yeah, a big part of mediation is helping people learn how to communicate. So I've seen two things happen with clients. Uh, one where in the course of learning how to communicate, they will realize that they want to try it again, that they're actually feeling heard and they want to try to communicate. But the hardest one in my job, and I've told Ashley this too, is that I always start mediation mm -hmm. by interviewing people separately. And it's not uncommon that both parties are um, saying, I still yes. love her. I still love him, yes. but we just can't make it work. Right. And so, I mean, I always ask people if they're interested in reconciliation, but often both parties have given up, um, but they also, mm -hmm. also both love each other. They just don't feel like they can make it work. So it is tough when there's situations where there isn't abuse, yeah. there isn't infidelity, there isn't anything like that. Cause as a mediator, yeah, specializing in communication, sometimes you want to be like, I think you guys could have a chance here. But yeah. when people are done, they're done too. So when they've made up well, their minds. When I, um, after I left my husband, uh, the father of our children, it was, I, I didn't, feel as though I loved him and I certainly didn't love him the way he deserved to be loved. Um, but after a, a time, and remember our youngest was seven and my goal was, you know, when we broke up that we would be able to be in the same place at the same time with our children and not fight or hate each other or really. And Honestly, that takes a lot of biting your tongue initially. Sometimes you have to bite your tongue till it bleeds. Not everyone yeah. does, but um, yeah, uh, so yeah. <laughs> eventually we got to a place, or I got to a place where because we were still parenting our children together, even after they became adults, you know, they would still have things that happen that would need our help that um, I considered him a friend and he certainly was a support with our, um, whatever our children needed. Um, so things got much better, even though he, he was remarried. I, I knew his wife and um, before they got married and I liked her. Uh, so, and she was a, a good mom to my kids when they were with him. So, um, he, he's not alive anymore, and it was sad when he died. Uh, 
and I was glad that I got to be friends with him before, um, you know, I mean, finally, we did get to that and had a number of years where we were, it's not like we called each other up all the time, but we were friends and we had a history and we had children. This isn't in the outline, but when you were speaking, it kind of came to my mind. Um, you make a really good distinction in the book between abuse, um, all different forms of abuse, and how how people can behave, especially if they're the ones who have been left. And as they are going through all these stages of grief and, uh, you know, denial and then acceptance. And I really like that you do that because we talk about this a lot too. There's certain personality disorders that are thrown around and mm -hmm. um, you have a lot of labeling uh, happening, I, I find today. Um, and that can really, harm your ability to co-parent amicably if you're just labeling someone based off of their behavior uh -huh. at the beginning stage of your divorce yeah. so yeah i just think it, it's really great that you acknowledge that and and that someone who's reading can kind of mentally prepare themselves that mm -hmm. okay it's going to be really rough for the next few months possibly year however long but I, I should take into consideration how this person has shown up as mm -hmm. a parent and as a person out in the world, you know, our entire yes. relationship, not yes. just right now. Um, I think that it, well, I, I have a video now on my website uh, about the differences between leaving and being left. And I very specifically talk about when, although the each person, the husband and wife or the partner and partner, they go through many of the same feelings and stages that, um, you know, the other person does, but the person leaving goes through much of their grief process and much of their processing before they make that declaration. Um, the person being left might notice their partners pulling away and they might notice that, um, they feel more anxious and maybe they're even asking questions like, are we okay? Or is there something wrong? And, um, but they haven't, mm -hmm. you know, of course, if they want the marriage, you're not going to dwell on, I think we're going to break up. So it becomes a huge weight all at once. And they hop around those emotional stages from denial to shock to anger, um, sadness, depression, fear, um, but they don't go through it in an orderly way. It's kind of like this. And sometimes, like I said, within minutes. Yeah. So yeah. Um, we need to be, as someone who's ending the relationship, considerate of that and patient and be prepared for it. Um, some breakups are amicable, you know, where the people agree. Well, yeah, you know, you're probably right. We're, this is, isn't working. Um, but of course, most of the people I've interviewed and work with or attended my classes or workshops, they were on one side or the other. And there's some divorce and separation websites on Facebook, mm -hmm. I, uh, Facebook groups there you have to join. Um, but the People that write on those, and more women are on them than men, but there are some men, um, are very supportive to each other, but they pretty much fit into those 
leaving and being left categories that I'm talking about. The people who have an amicable divorce mm -hmm. probably don't even need those websites, those Facebook groups. Yeah. Right. right. Yeah. And I see that too. Some people, you just sort of know they're, they just hit the sessions. They've made their choices. They don't get emotional about anything. It was just sort of this amicable, mutual choice. They're not bothered by things like new partners or selling yeah. the home, like there's yeah. a lot of emotion. Uh, may I respond about new partners? Uh, something I just posted on Instagram and Facebook is about dating because I always get a lot of questions, whether I'm lecturing or coaching one-on-one. -on -one. I always get a lot of questions about, um, you know, I want to, I have this person in my life now and it's only been, you know, a month or they had that person in their life ahead of time before the breakup. Um, and with some people will wait a couple of months or six months, but then they want to start dating or they think they should. And what I said is that dating can be a distraction from the things we need to pay attention to. And one of the things we have to pay attention to is our own emotional process. Even if we chose to leave, even if, you know, the moment we moved out on our own, um, we were euphoric. Oh, great. Now, finally, you know, I can have a life that I want. Dating is not the next step and it's not a good idea. And people don't like to hear this, but we are still, being the person who does the leaving, going through more grief and loss. If we have children, they need us because they are going through their own grief process. And so one of the most difficult things we can do for them, to them, is to bring another person into the picture. But you know, when we're dating, we also um, get taken up with that. We're excited. It's fun. We feel better. And we could not be fully there for our children and not be fully there for our own emotional process of going through the stages that we have to go through, whether it's being afraid or worrying about money or settling legal issues. So I'm saying, see, a, see your friends, make friends, um, go out in a group of people. Um, please join a support group if you can find one that especially for divorcing people, have fun, but stay away from dating. It is a distraction. It's as much of a distraction as people who drink too much. And I'm not putting any of this down. I'm just saying covers things up um, or eating all kinds of junk food. I mean, people are, we're going to do that occasionally, but I'm talking about a steady diet. So the best thing, way you can heal is to pay attention to your own emotional process and definitely that of your children. If you've been left, um, dating is like putting a tiny Band-Aid on a huge open wound. It might distract you and it might make you feel worthwhile, but there is a whole lot of stuff that would be important for you to deal with first. And so I'm encouraging you. I'm asking you to lean in that direction do your best. Yeah. 
you have a really good um, chapter, like whole section about the mind-body connection mm-hmm. that I found really interesting and in how we often, you know, we label our physical body as separate from our mental uh, self. And in that in that section, you talk about um, the desire for not necessarily like um, fulfilling sexual needs, but like physical touch uh-huh. and how there are other ways outside of dating that you can fill up that physical touch love tank. I don't know. I, I can't think of a better way to describe that. But yeah. for instance, you know, um, I I still to this day, like when my daughter comes home from a weekend at dad's, we I turn on Netflix and we just cuddle for like 45 minutes and it I know she enjoys it and that physical touch for me it it really oh. helps like calm my anxieties and and our transition um so I really love that whole section I absolutely agree I think that first of all our mind and our body are not separate um and so there are ways to have physical touch you can get massages you can hug your friends if you know they're the hugging type. Um, definitely, if you have children, cuddle them. I'm not saying that we should seek them out to fulfill all of our needs. Um, we have to be the parent, right. the grown up, and you know they need to be little kids. But loving, sitting with them, cuddling, um, that's wonderful, and they need that too. They need that reassurance and. You know, it would be better to plan ahead to figure out how you're going to meet those needs for physical touch that isn't about dating and having a sexual relationship. Um, Because if you know in advance, you're more likely to be able to plug that into your um, life now that you're living separately. Um, When we get really lonely, um, we sometimes think, well, maybe I shouldn't have left or maybe... um, we could have worked on this. So you want to always be proactive and plan fun times with uh, friends, um, talk these these things over with a trusted friend or a therapist. Um, and yes, you know, be affectionate with your kids. And if you have a dog or a cat or both, great, because that's another way to find that fulfillment. Um, there's a wonderful, um, study on the brain and negative messages we give ourselves that affect our health. And um, there are actually uh, quite a few studies being done on that, but a woman named Dr. Carolyn Leaf, L-E-A-F, talks about how we can really hurt ourselves by having negative thoughts. And so as much as possible, you wanna have self-compassion You want to talk to yourself in your head the way you would talk to a dear friend that you love Um, and say nice things to yourself. And if you're not sure what those should be, um, think about what you would tell a friend that you want to be kind to. Um, I do hear more often the difference between men and women is that men Many men say, you know, they've got a a new woman in their life. They might even get married right away. Um, And 
I worry for them because I think maybe they haven't finished processing everything. And you could likely wind up in the same kind of relationship if you yourself haven't completed working on your issues and changed the way you communicate and the way you are in a relationship. Yeah, exactly. I've heard it said, I didn't say it this way, but you know, you're just packing up your baggage and just taking it to someone else's yeah, house. Yeah, right? you're moving yeah. it. Yep, there it goes. Here's my luggage. I'm coming in. <laughs> that's right. That's right. And I think now the dating thing is, it is a very important conversation to have because it's so quick with the dating apps. Like if someone's just having one lonely night. Yes and you know one bad day they can find themselves wrapped up in a relationship that you know they didn't intend to be in it can just happen so fast mm -hmm. yes so i think yes. it's an important thing to to talk about openly um can i say something about uh the well something i would just like to say to to the men out who might be listening um yes please do one of the most, you know, I have four sons and they're, they're now adults. And um, I was doing quite a bit of uh, education, educating myself on gender studies after I got divorced and the differences between men and women. And there, you know, those studies abound and there's lots of good books. But one of the things I noticed personally about the differences between men and women is that women will call up a good friend and um, talk on the phone or ideally get together face to face. And uh, even now with COVID, we can, we can do that with masks and distance, but they need to make eye contact and they tell them what's going on or you go for a walk and you talk things over. And it, it does, it creates this hormone in a woman's brain that I, cannot remember the name of right now, it begins with a C, but it, it actually um, is soothing to the brain. Um, but right. when I was looking at how a lot of men handled their breakup, often they would be sitting in a, at a, in a bar together, having a beer, and one of them, the one who's in pain says, Oh, you know, I don't, this is horrible. I never thought it, I would feel this bad. And I, that, and they, they talk a little bit about it to their friend and, but they're both looking forward and their friend says, Oh, you'll be okay. You know, um, it, you'll get over it. Uh, Hey, look at that. Did you see that guy hit that baseball, you know, and <laughs> change the subject um, because this is a general statement. So I, I know there are a lot of men that are very good at having heart to heart talks with each other. Um, but women are, you know, it's just how we're socialized and acculturated. And it breaks my heart that they don't, they aren't able to get that kind of a connection with a male friend. So lots of times a man might find someone at work or um, I don't know, wherever he would be around men and other men and women and that that woman they'll start talking to a woman the woman will listen to them and they mistake that for being in love 
um, or she really, really cares about me. This is wonderful. And she may really care about you, but that you're just vulnerable right now. It's not a good thing to, to do this, you know, talk to a therapist, talk to your pastor, you know, find a way that's uh, less risky. Mm -hmm. Yeah, find your tribe for sure. So in, in on that note, what would you say is the most common characteristic of people who make it through a breakup and come out a stronger self on the other side? I know we've talked about self-compassion and now certainly postponing dating, but is there anything else that you see that's common? Well, the ones that do better are the ones that are well-prepared. And I was um, teaching classes after I wrote my book and for probably 18 years after uh, for women who were thinking of leaving and some women uh, there were women who had been left. So they got to see both sides of the experience being in this class together. And the women who, who were most successful were the ones who were prepared, not only emotionally, um, by feeling very solid about their decision, but for men and women both, the best thing you can do is prepare. And that's prepare emotionally, prepare financially, and know what the um, laws are, the legalities are in the area where you live. If you have children, please read up ahead of time about what your children need during a breakup and how to best take care of them. And of course, listen to this podcast that you both are putting on <laughs> regularly because you know, you have so much to offer. So um, preparation is the big deal. And in that preparation, if you've also worked through some of your issues and you've gained some confidence, that would be another um, quality of someone who does better afterwards, that you believe in yourself and that you have hope. So preparation, mm -hmm. Confidence, you know, self-examination and healing and hope. I think that's great advice and thank you for acknowledging um, our show. But I will say as well, I mean, people can can listen to our show and can work with someone like you, Lynette, can work with either of us, even if they're just kind of doing a consultation. But I, what I love about the book is that it's, um, something that somebody can just read without having to invest in a whole lot because I know like in early days like there is shame and guilt and and you're really not sure so just to be able to have this book as such a thorough like you said it's Jennifer so it is yeah. so thorough yeah. it is when I was reading it I thought like this is what I've been taught to do as a coach just in a book this is like the manual right oh, here wow. it, has, it has everything yeah, and so I'm going to put, I'll put links to you um, uh, definitely in the episode show notes, but I will also, when we're promoting this, I'm going to put a direct link to purchasing the book in my Instagram bio, um, and I just really encourage people who are considering leaving, especially, and then, you know, people who are already 
trying to get through it yeah. um, to, to read this because it's so great. Thank you. That's it really is a so generous of you to say that. Um, you know, I, I have two things I want to say because I know we're coming to an end. One is that when I, when the book was first published in hardback, um, Oprah Winfrey um, had a show and um, still she doesn't, she has a different kind of TV show now, but anyway, I was a guest. And so then I left there and I was getting on an airplane to go to New York City um, to do, uh, you know, more TV and interviews. And I'm in O'Hare Airport, it's a huge airport. And behind me, I had just gone through, um, you know, being checked to make sure you're safe to get on an airplane. And uh, behind me, I'm, I'm walking really fast because I was afraid I would miss my plane. Someone's yelling, stop, stop. And I was like, what? You know, and I turned around. At first, I thought it was like a policeman or a policewoman because it was a woman. And um, it was someone who had been sitting in one of the waiting areas watching the Oprah Winfrey show. And she ran up to me and grabbed both my hands and said, thank you. Thank you. Now I know what to do. And it touched me so deeply. I mean, it, it was like, okay, this is what, why I do this work is that I want people to have a better experience of their breakup. I, if that's what they're going to do, I want it to go as smoothly as possible for them. Um, I don't mean smooth, not many people get that experience, but better and better for each one of them and the children. Mm -hmm. The last thing I wanted to tell you, and you probably have to edit this and put it in another place because, but when people <laughs> go through a breakup, long after they go through their grief of, of sadness and anger and resentment and wanting revenge and being afraid and being depressed, they still grieve one more thing. And that is the dream that they had when they met their partner, when they got married or committed to living together, when they built a life together, when they had children. We all have, even if it's not conscious, we all have something in the back of our mind, if not consciously, that is our dream of what this marriage is going to be like, not just today and not just when our children are little, if we have them, but when we get older. Often we think you know, we're gonna grow old together and we're gonna do this. So long after you are settled with most other things, you will still be grieving the loss of your dream. And it's not a bad thing, it's just how it goes and this too shall pass, but it's there. Yeah, I think that's a really excellent point because I've heard time and time again um, for, from people who are later in the process say like, I don't, you know, women, I don't love him anymore. I don't know why, like, I still feel this deep sadness. And I think that maybe not always, but quite often that is a big piece of it. What, yeah. what you just described, yeah. it's that, the hopes and dreams and how you envisioned your life um, together. Yeah. Yep. It's a tough one. 
And I was shocked when I realized that's what I would, you know, that's what I was feeling sad about. I was shocked that that was there and it was still there. And, um, you know, it, so that's part of the preparation is, is to know that that may be a piece of something that's longer term. And I feel like maybe the anecdote to that is it always comes back to pouring more into yourself and into then to get to a strong enough place where you feel confident. You mentioned confidence, which I think is so important. Yes. Um, to then think about what that new dream is going to be, yeah. right? So you're not just mourning the loss, but realizing the opportunity of, of being able to create something new and possibly better. Good point. And that is, you know, what we all hope for when we, re whether we chose to leave or we were left, we hope that's in our future. And, you know, it's, it's good to be conscious. How can I create this? How, you know, rather than yeah. say, oh, it's never going to be, you know, okay. How can I make my life more of what I want it to be each day? Hi. Hi, Aslana. I can. Hi. Okay. Okay. I'm so sorry. I don't know what happened there. Um, no, we I don't either. But what I was saying was what was so good. Was I, really I'm, good. Would you be able to repeat that? It seems like you're much clearer now. We, I can, we can see oh. you much better, and and the volume seems to be really good. I, I hate to. Um, prolong the recording a bit longer than we anticipated, but could you repeat what you said and we'll, and we'll carry on about new partners? Yes. 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 Um, do you want to ask me the question first? That's okay. Um, I can, yeah. I can start. Okay. What, uh, something I just posted on Instagram and Facebook is about dating because I always get a lot of questions whether I'm lecturing or coaching one-on-one -on -one. I always get a lot of questions about um, you know I want to I have this person in my life now and it's only been you know a month or they had that person in their life ahead of time before the breakup um, and but some people will wait a couple of months or six months, but then they want to start dating or they think they should. And what I said is that dating can be a distraction from the things we need to pay attention to. And one of the things we have to pay attention to is our own emotional process. Even if we chose to leave, even if, you know, the moment we moved out on our own, um, we were euphoric. Oh, great. Now, finally, you know, I can have a life that I want. Dating is not the next step and it's not a good idea. And people don't like to hear this, but we are still, if being the person who does the leaving, going through more grief and loss 
if we have children, they need us because they are going through their own grief process. And so one of the most difficult things we can do for them, to them, is to bring another person into the picture. But you know, when we're dating, we also um, get taken up with that. We're excited, it's fun, we feel better. And we could not be fully there for our children and not be fully there for our own emotional process of going through the stages that we have to go through, whether it's being afraid or worrying about money or settling the legal issues. So I'm saying, see a, see your friends, make friends, um, go out in a group of people. Um, please join a support group if you can find one that, especially for divorcing people, have fun, but stay away from dating. It is a distraction. It's as much of a distraction as people who drink too much. And I'm not putting any of this down. I'm just saying it covers things up um, or eating all kinds of junk food. I mean, people are, we're gonna do that occasionally, but I'm talking about a steady diet. So the best thing, way you can heal is to pay attention to your own emotional process and definitely that of your children. If you've been left, um, dating is like putting a tiny Band-Aid on a huge open wound. It might distract you and it might make you feel worthwhile, but there is a whole lot of stuff that would be important for you to deal with first. And so I'm encouraging you. I'm asking you to lean in that direction. Do your best. Yeah, you have a really good um, chapter, like whole section about the mind-body connection mm -hmm. that I found really interesting and in how we often, you know, we label our physical body as separate from our mental uh, self. And in that in that section, you talk about um, the desire for not necessarily like um, fulfilling sexual needs, but like physical touch uh -huh. and how there are other ways outside of dating that you can fill up that physical touch love tank. I don't know. I, I can't think of a better way to describe that. But yeah. for instance, you know, um, I, I still to this day, like when my daughter comes home from a weekend at dad's, we, I turn on Netflix and we just cuddle for like 45 minutes and it, I know she enjoys it. And that physical touch for me, it, it really oh. helps like calm my anxieties and, and our transition. Um, so I really love that whole section. I absolutely agree. I think that first of all, our mind and our body are not separate. Um, and so there are ways to have physical touch. You can get massages. You can hug your friends if you know they're the hugging type. Um, definitely, if you have children, cuddle them. I'm not saying that we should seek them out to fulfill all of our needs. We have to be the parent, right. the grown up, and you know they need to be little kids. But loving, sitting with them, cuddling. Um, that's wonderful. And they need that too. They need that reassurance. And, you know, it would be better to plan ahead to figure out how you're going to meet those needs for physical touch. That isn't about dating and having a sexual relationship. 
um, because if you know in advance, you're more likely to be able to plug that into your um, life now that you're living separately. Um, when we get really lonely, um, we sometimes think, well, maybe I shouldn't have left or maybe um, we could have worked on this. So you want to always be proactive and plan fun times with uh, friends, um, talk these, these things over with a trusted friend or a therapist. Um, and yes, you know, be affectionate with your kids. And if you have a dog or a cat or both, great, because that's another way to find that fulfillment. Um, there's a wonderful um, study on the brain and negative messages we give ourselves that affect our health. And um, there are actually uh, quite a few studies being done on that, but a woman named Dr. Carolyn Leaf, L-E-A-F, um, talks about how we can really hurt ourselves by having ex negative thoughts. And so as much as possible, you wanna have self-compassion. You wanna to talk to yourself in your head the way you would talk to a dear friend that you love. Um, and say nice things to yourself. And if you're not sure what those should be, um, think about what you would tell a friend that you want to be kind to. Um, I do hear more often the difference between men and women is that men, many men say, you know, they've got a, a new woman in their life. They might even get married right away. Um, and I worry for them because I think maybe they haven't finished processing everything. And you're, you could likely wind up in the same kind of relationship if you yourself haven't completed working on your issues and changed the way you communicate and the way you are in a relationship. Yeah, exactly. I've heard it said, I didn't say it this way, but you know, you're just packing up your baggage and just taking it to someone else's yeah, house. Yeah, right? you're moving yeah. it. Yep, there it goes. Here's my luggage. I'm coming in. <laughs> that's right. That's right. And I think now the dating thing is, it is a very important conversation to have because it's so quick with the dating apps. Like if someone's just having one lonely night. Yes and you know one bad day they can find themselves wrapped up in a relationship that you know they didn't intend to be in it can just happen so fast mm -hmm. yes so i think yes. it's an important thing to to talk about openly um can i say something about uh the well something i would just like to say to to the men out who might be listening um yes please do one of the most, you know, I have four sons and they're, they're now adults. And um, I was doing quite a bit of uh, education, educating myself on gender studies after I got divorced and the differences between men and women. And there, you know, those studies abound and there's lots of good books. But one of the things I noticed personally about the differences between men and women is that women will call up a good friend and um, talk on the phone or ideally get together face-to-face. -face. And uh, even now with COVID, we can, we can do that with masks and distance, but they need to make eye contact and they tell them what's going on. Or you go for a walk and you talk 
things over. And it, it does, it creates this hormone in a woman's brain that I cannot remember the name of right now. It begins with a C, but it, it actually um, is soothing to the brain. Um, but when I was looking at how a lot of men handled their breakup, often they would be sitting in a, at a, in a bar together, having a beer, and one of them, the one who's in pain, says, oh, you know, I don't, this is horrible. I never thought it, I would feel this bad. And, I, that, and they, they talk a little bit about it to their friend, and, but they're both looking forward. And their friend says, oh, you'll be okay. You know, um, it, you'll get over it. Uh, hey, look at that. Did you see that guy hit that baseball? You know, and change the subject um, because this is a general statement. So I, I know there are a lot of men that are very good at having heart to heart talks with each other. Um, but women are, you know, it's just how we're socialized and acculturated. And it breaks my heart that they don't, they aren't able to get that kind of a connection with a male friend. So lots of times a man might find someone at work or, um, I don't know, wherever he would be around men and other men and women. And that, that woman, they'll start talking to a woman, the woman will listen to them. And they mistake that for being in love. Um, or she really, really cares about me. This is wonderful. And she may really care about you, but that you're just vulnerable right now. It's not a good thing to, to do this. You know, talk to a therapist, talk to your pastor, you know, find a way that's uh, less risky. Mm-hmm. Yeah, find your tribe for sure. So, in, in, on that note, what would you say is the most common characteristic of people who make it through a breakup and come out a stronger self on the other side? I know we've talked about self-compassion and now certainly postponing dating, but is there anything else that you see that's common? Well, the ones that do better are the ones that are well-prepared. And I was... Um, teaching classes after I wrote my book and for probably 18 years after uh, for women who were thinking of leaving and some women uh, there were women who had been left so they got to see both sides of the experience being in this class together and the women who who were most successful were the ones who were prepared, not only emotionally, um, by feeling very solid about their decision, but for men and women both, the best thing you can do is prepare. And that's prepare emotionally, prepare financially, and know what the um, laws are, the legalities are in the area where you live. If you have children, please read up ahead of time about what your children need during a breakup and how to best take care of them. And of course, listen to this podcast that you both are putting on regularly because, you know, you have so much to offer. 
So um, preparation is the big deal. And in that preparation, if you've also worked through some of your issues and you've gained some confidence, that would be another um, quality of someone who does better afterwards, that you believe in yourself and that you have hope. So preparation, confidence, you know, self-examination and healing and hope. I think that's great advice and thank you for acknowledging um, our show, but I will say as well, I mean, people can can listen to our show and can work with someone like you, Lynette, can work with either of us, even if they're just kind of doing a consultation. But I, what I love about the book is that it's um, something that somebody can just read without having to invest in a whole lot because I know like in early days like there is shame and guilt and and you're really not sure so just to be able to have this book as such a thorough like you said it's Jennifer so it is yeah, so yeah. thorough it is when I was reading it I thought like this is what I've been taught to do as a coach just in a book this is like the manual right oh, here wow. it, has, it has everything yeah and so i'm going to put i'll put links to you um uh definitely in the episode show notes but i will also when we're promoting this i'm going to put a direct link to purchasing the book in my instagram bio um, and i just really encourage people who are considering leaving especially and then you know people who are already trying to get through it yeah. um to to read this because it's so great thank you that's it really is a so generous of you to say that um you know i i have two things i want to say because i know we're coming to an end one is that when i when the book was first published in hardback um oprah winfrey um had a show and um, still, she doesn't, she has a different kind of TV show now. But anyway, I was a guest. And so then I left there and I was getting on an airplane to go to New York City um, to do, uh, you know, more TV and interviews. And I'm in O'Hare Airport, it's a huge airport. And behind me, I had just gone through, um, you know, being checked to make sure you're safe to get on an airplane. And uh, behind me, I'm, I'm walking really fast because I was afraid I would miss my plane. Someone's yelling, stop, stop. And I was like, what? You know, and I turned around. At first, I thought it was like a policeman or a policewoman because it was a woman. And um, it was someone who had been sitting in one of the waiting areas watching the Oprah Winfrey show. And she ran up to me and grabbed both my hands and said, thank you. Thank you. Now I know what to do. And it touched me so deeply. I mean, it, it was like, okay, this is what, why I do this work is that I want people to have a better experience of their breakup. I, if that's what they're going to do, I want it to go as smoothly as possible for them. Um, I don't mean smooth, not many people get that experience, but better and better for each one of them and the children. Mm -hmm. The last thing I wanted to tell you, and you probably have to edit this and put it in another place because, but when people <laughs> go through a breakup, 
long after they stop being sad and angry and afraid, um, they still, <clears throat> they, <clears throat> excuse me. <coughs> of course, one of the more important things I'm going to say, and I'm coughing, long after they go through their grief of, of sadness and anger and resentment and wanting revenge and being afraid and being depressed, they still grieve one more thing. And that is the dream that they had when they met their partner, when they got married or committed to living together, when they built a life together, when they had children. We all have it, even if it's not conscious, we all have something in the back of our mind, if not consciously, that is our dream of what this marriage is going to be like, not just today and not just when our children are little, if we have them, but when we get older. Often we think you know, we're gonna grow old together and we're gonna do this. So long after you are settled with most other things, you will still be grieving the loss of your dream. And it's not a bad thing, it's just how it goes. And this too shall pass, but it's there. Yeah, I think that's a really excellent point because I've heard time and time again um, for, from people who are later in the process say, like, I don't, you know, women, I don't love him anymore. I don't know why, like, I still feel this deep sadness. And I think that maybe not always, but quite often, that is a big piece of it, what, yeah. what you just described. Yeah. It's that the hopes and dreams and how you envisioned your life um, together. Yeah. Yep. It's a tough one. And I was shocked when I realized that's what I would, you know, that's what I was feeling sad about. I was shocked that that was there and it was still there. And, um, you know, it, so that's part of the preparation is, is to know that that may be a piece of something that's longer term. And I feel like maybe the anecdote to that is it always comes back to pouring more into yourself and into then to get to a strong enough place where you feel confident. You mentioned confidence, which I think is so important. Yes. Um, to then think of that, what that new dream is going to be, yeah. right? So you're not just mourning the loss, but realizing the opportunity mm -hmm. of, of being able to create something new and possibly better. Good point. And that is, you know, what we all hope for when we, whether we chose to leave or we were left, we hope that's in our future. And, you know, it's, it's good to be conscious. How can I create this? How, you know, rather than yeah. say, oh, it's never going to be, you know, okay. How can I make my life more of what I want it to be each day? Right. Mm -hmm. What can you actually do? Yeah. Yeah. Thank you so much, Lynette. I know we uh, we had a, a couple breakdowns there, but with the power of editing, I'll be able to put it all together. So yeah. <laughs> not not to worry. And I would I know we would be honored to have you back after your second book is out. And yeah. there's so much more to to speak about. I'm sure. Oh, there is. Uh, you know, you do this work all the time. I'm doing it. I'm writing. 
Um, and there's always a, as much as I've done this, sometimes someone will come up with a question and it's like, wow, you know, that's a little bit different take on it. So thank you. I'd love to come back anytime. And Excellent. Thank and, you. And, and like I said, I will put links to you in the show notes, but just in closing, you have this uh, new book that you're working on. Um, but what is the best way for people to get in touch with you? And I know that you do offer different uh, coaching sessions via Instagram, right? And, and you even have some videos that uh, clients can purchase as well, right? Can you just talk a little bit about that? Sure. I have a website. It's www.leavingandbeingleft.com. And the video is available there for purchase. The link is there. They can press the button and get connected to where they can download the online video and get a free PDF on it with a chart that goes through all the stages of leaving and being left. Um, there, I have some short Facebook video, videos that are on uh, the media page of my website. And they're about 10 to 12 minutes long. You, and the easiest way to find them is to go there. Um, I also have some articles that are free and a free PDF on how to help yourself if you're going through a breakup. And a lot, a lot of what is on there is things we've talked about today, but we didn't get to everything. So um, the best way for people to contact me is through my website. Um, or they can message me on Facebook or if they have a question, write me a question. I would be happy to answer. I do give 30 minutes free con consulting um, to new people that I'm coaching. Um, but I would encourage you to read my book and get the video and write down your questions um, and see what it is you need after you've gotten all that information. Awesome. Thank you again, Lynette, and I'm sure we will speak again. Thank you so much, Jennifer and Allison. Thank you. And I did recommend you to somebody today when I was at church. Um, so I'm, uh, I've texted her your information to get your podcasts for someone who's co-parenting. Oh, yeah. So I'm happy to, I'm going to put you on my website under recommended resources. Um, so people can listen to your podcast. Yeah, thank you. That's great. yeah, thank you. That's so kind. Thank you. <laughs> okay, Lynette, you take care. Bye. Bless you. Bye. Bye. Thank you. Thank you so much, Lynette. I know we uh, we had a a couple breakdowns there, but with the power of editing, I'll be able to put it all together. So yeah. <laughs> not not to worry. And I would I know we would be honored to have you back after your second book is out. And yeah. there's so much more to to speak about. I'm sure. Oh, there is. Uh, you know, you do this work all the time. I'm doing it. I'm writing. Um, and there's always a, as much as I've done this, sometimes someone will come up with a question and it's like, wow, you know, that's a little bit different take on it. So thank you. I'd love to come back anytime. And Excellent. And, and, 
And like I said, I will put links to you in the show notes, but just in closing, you have this uh, new book that you're working on. Um, but what is the best way for people to get in touch with you? And I know that you do offer different uh, coaching sessions via Instagram, right? And, and you even have some videos that uh, clients can purchase as well, right? Can you just talk a little bit about that? Sure. I have a website. It's www.leavingandbeingleft.com. And the video is available there for purchase. The link is there. They can press the button and get connected to where they can download the online video and get a free PDF on it with a chart that goes through all the stages of leaving and being left. Um, there, I have some short Facebook video, videos that are on uh, the media page of my website. And they're about 10 to 12 minutes long. You, and the easiest way to find them is to go there. Um, I also have some articles that are free and a free PDF on how to help yourself if you're going through a breakup. And a lot, a lot of what is on there is things we've talked about today, but we didn't get to everything. So um, the best way for people to contact me is through my website. Um, or they can message me on Facebook, or if they have a question, write me a question. I would be happy to answer. I do give 30 minutes free con consulting um, to new people that I'm coaching. Um, but I would encourage you to read my book and get the video and write down your questions um, and see what it is you need after you've gotten all that information. Thank you so much. Okay, Lynette, you take care. Bye. Bless you. Thank you.